Podcast Yggdrasil Hello We're back We're back Again So I was thinking You were? We just talked about something really depressing You know Afghanistan, war, suffering I want to see your top man Since you were planning to take Afghanistan And I stole it from you Mm. I'm expecting to be one-upped right now Let's, uh, Let's put some smiles on people's faces, Matthew Let's talk about the end of the world because the there was a report released this last week from the uh, IPCC, which tells us that uh, the world, the planet is fucked sooner than we think. Yeah, I mean, not a shock. I, di- I didn't read all of it, but my overview feeling or reaching it was like, you know how we thought like there were an alternative here to only get like partially fucked. Well, if we do that, we're going to get fully fucked. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a surprise when the report came. Uh, And I imagine it might even be worse than what was presented, you know, to avoid mass panic or something. But uh, yeah, I want to talk about what we're doing to our planet. And uh, yeah, (laughs) suddenly I was lost for words because it's a terrifying prospect. We're killing our, our... well, we're not killing our planet, we're killing the part of our planet we can live on. The planet will be doing the killing of us. Yeah, what was it George Carlin said? The planet is fine. The planet will be fine. The people are fucked. Yep. And that's the truth. Because I think the report mentioned that at least once uh, in the time between now and 2050, we're going to have a completely ice-free Arctic or something. I mean, I've heard that like ice tends to be somewhat normal in the Arctic. I found a, a post that you know sums up five five big future impacts mentioned in the report. Top five reason we're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> this is the most depressing top five ever. Top five reasons to stomp on a kitten. <laughs> well, yeah, it says that uh, tem- temperatures are gonna be rising a lot faster than we thought. Uh, Temperatures have risen more in the last, uh, no, let's say, let's see. Um, oh, I lost Reading my... is really hard. Yeah, it's hard is while this, I'm this talking. This is the point where you're like trying to find out what you're going to say. I'm going to remind yeah. the audience that this guy's a teacher. Here we go. The Arctic is likely to be practically ice-free in September at least once before 2050 in all the scenarios assessed in the report. Uh, temperatures will reach one and a half degrees Celsius above 1850 and 1900 levels, like as in above the levels we had in the year years 1850 to 1900, uh, it will reach one and a half degrees above that level by the time we reach year 2040. Uh, there will be an increasing occurrence of some extreme events, unprecedented in the historical record, even at a warming of only one and a half degrees. So just yeah, just that alone is terrifying. That was my takeaway from this, that like, you know the things that would happen if we go up to 3 degrees? They're going to happen at 1.5. Yeah, we thought it would take a lot more to, you know, ruin things at this level. Turns out it won't. Uh, we're going to see extreme sea level events that occurred once a century in the recent past. Uh, that are projected to occur at at least annually at more than half of time. Uh, okay, well, extreme sea events are going to be happening a lot more often 
than it used to. Things that used to happen maybe once a century are going to be happening annually by the time we reach the year 2100. And there will uh, likely be increases in fire weather in many regions. So, I mean, of all the kinds of weathers I would, you know, like to experience, the one with fire doesn't really sound like the cool one. Or, I mean, cool one, but not in a please let it happen outside. None of these points I brought up sounded too really sexy. I know that. But... The reason I wanted to talk about it is the fact that I'm... I should be careful in how I word this. <laughs> uh, how can I say we're fucked but sounding smart and academic? It's more It's more that I see us living our lives under the leadership of people who don't have our best interest at heart. I think it's plainly obvious they are not making attempts at hiding this. Yet it keeps happening. We're allowing it to happen. And like I said, I need to word this carefully, but I I pose the question. Why have the leaders responsible for pushing us off this sharp downhill into hell? Why are they not facing severe consequences? That's what I've been that's been occupying my mind for quite a while, but especially since this report came out, it's uh, re-entered my mind. I mean, the basic easy answer to that is that the people on top has learned how to stay on top and make sure that we go about our days, have other things to worry about and don't really care too much if they screw us over or not. So when they're screwing over the planets, I mean, if we are used to accepting being screwed over ourselves, planet is like you know one step away from that i mean uh, like you said it's it's easily explainable we know the reason why people aren't you know killing their prime ministers and taking control yeah i mean but i mean remember that i mean we could have had this conversation like a couple of years ago and you know made this argument but we're living in a world where people are protesting in the streets that we're doing a medical response to a global pandemic Killing shit on some people. Like it's hard to put it into words. Like if there's if I mean, I'm not saying that everybody does that, but if people can live, you know, in twenty twenty one and being that detached from reality and think you know the biggest problem is that we'll get vaccines how how would they even be able to comprehend what's going on with the earth? Yeah, it's it's just it's tiring. <laughs> it makes me tired. And it's... Maybe we're in a special position. I don't know. It, it doesn't... It feels like everyone should be talking about this all the time. And like you said, the system, our society is designed to keep us tired and keep us busy and, you know, make sure we don't have too much time or energy to uh, attack these issues and uh, delve too deeply into why we are going the way we are but it still it still confuses me that yeah even though i know why i still don't know why it's like this because t- take my mother for example we've we talked extensively about my mom <laughs> she's uh Ooh. 
I mean, she's a she's a wonderful person. She's a good person, a genuinely good person who cares about people, and she doesn't really have a lot of hate in her. She's she's a good person, but she's one of these people who will hear 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 about this report. That she she might listen to this podcast and just say, ah, ah, sure, ah, it, just a shrug of the shoulder sh- shoulder shoulders, and. It's strange seeing that up close, because everyone can watch a clip from America or England where some dumbass anti-vaxxer crowd is protesting that they have to wear a mask in public or get a vaccine. But seeing it from, you know, the people all around you, it's it's a strange experience. Because I don't feel like a lot of people close to me are disagreeing with me when I say when we say that uh, uh, you know the world is going downhill but there's still there's still this it's almost like a veil of apathy between all of us like yeah I feel like if you if you try to talk to people about this they they might say yeah that's how it is and then they shrug and move on and yeah I know why it happens but it's still strange experiencing it. And, yeah, what's our path forward to get out of this? Like, what would need to happen? That's, uh, I'm going to be talking about something else to buy myself some time to find up an answer for that. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, one of the big problems with our system or, like, the way we run is that there is this understanding, so to speak, that, like, you give up your power, like, you can vote, but you give up your power, your say, like you're just gonna go past with your day, do your thing, and then the people you put in charge are gonna fix things. And I think that's you know, you know, what you would hear from people like your mom that like you know, oh, if if this is a problem, the people on the top will take care of it, and if they're not taking care of it, it's because then it's not a problem. Yeah, we'll just elect some other people in four years or whenever the next election is. I mean, yeah, she's gonna elect some really, really environmental-friendly people, if I remember correctly. Yeah, let's not talk about my mom's politics. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say, she doesn't spend a lot of time informing herself. Like um, most people. Yeah. That's the sad thing. She's the average Norwegian. Yeah, I remember that, like, mom says she has an average knowledge of politics, and I'm like... Dude, that's terrifying. She does have an average knowledge of politics. <laughs> it's terrifying and true. But yeah, uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another thing where I have to be careful in how I word it. I've talked with you before about the environmental punisher. Allegedly. <laughs> the al- allegedly, allegedly. Because I'm also kind of confused as to why environmental terrorism hasn't become more of a thing like yeah why are we not seeing people taking violent action to well we can't really because stop violence is wrong <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah this became sort of a mess but yeah I've been a mess no, this no, week like, because of this report it's... I, I get the point and I'm like if we don't see proper action from those in charge, I think we do actually start seeing environmental terrorism. I think one of the problems with this is like 
hippies were never known for being violent. And on top of that, like, the first thing I'm thinking about, like, what would be a good terrorist attack if you were doing environmental terrorism? Yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about this. Um, like, how, how should we perform? No, but like, you know, the terrorism. normal things would be like, okay, so we want to attack, you know, the things that create pollution. Like, you know, here in Norway, that would be like, you know, the oil rigs. Okay, you blow up an oil rig. Well, if you blow up an oil rig, you're going to create an, an environmental disaster. Well, That's probably that, not the place to start. Yeah, uh, I should probably jump in and say that I don't support that kind of action at all. Me neither. And I don't condone the murder of anyone, really. But Even Hitler. <laughs> but, uh, well, fuck that guy. But, uh, like, I told you, uh, I said the environmental punisher. You know, why... <sighs> okay, this is very hard to talk about without stepping over a line, but there are very few people in this world who are truly responsible for how the world is being ruined, the planet. And if someone appeared I th- I that I can went you... after these people, like, what would happen? I think I can give you, like, a halfway place to maybe be able to talk about this a bit more. I mean, not in a, like, oh, we cannot talk about this without talking about murder, but, like, this actually makes sense because if terror isn't happening, then this is, like, even a milder form, and, you know, this would probably start happening before the terror. But, like, think about it this way. Why isn't people going with civil disobedience and I don't mean like you know people are like you know stopping their cars for like 30 minutes I'm like why don't we see the parties like there's about to be an election here in Norway and some parties are fairly heavy on the environmental thing some of them are like yeah environment is good and all but you know that's sweet sweet oil and other are more like Republicans anyway why don't we see you know the parties with their with the worst environmental policies, why don't we see their offices, you know, smudged with oil or like other, you know, things? Why don't we see, you know, the biggest corporation that causes these things? Like, you could do that things and make some hard statements, and I think you could do that, and while it technically would be a criminal act, still not, you know, murdering people. Yeah, now you, you brought us to what I think is the, at the core of why I even brought this subject up. Because if you're playing Monopoly or some other game, a board game, and the per- yeah Monopoly, and the person controlling the bank is cheating, just stealing money and you know cheating, what do you do? Do you keep playing? I mean, I have a very good experience of this from my childhood, where like I was playing with a friend and his brother, and then like he was gonna pay like. I don't know, like, you know, a tenth percent of all this money. And, you know, the younger brother put the money on the table. And, like, the bigger brother just, like, you know, looked over at him and gave him a look. And, you know, the brother tried to pretend to be innocent. And then, like, the older brother just grabbed him by the feet, lifted him up, and it rained money from all its pockets. (laughs) Just shook the money out of him. So I think that is what we should do. Yeah, but... Because that's the point. If a person is cheating like that, you don't keep playing. That's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to either leave the table, and unless you're Elon fucking Musk or uh, uh, Jeff fucking Bezos... I mean, these people are already planning to leave this globe. <laughs> good fucking riddance. But if you can't do that, then the only other option is to take control of the game. 
you kick the other person out, the cheater out, and you force them to give up the game. And today, we're playing the game of life, and people are cheating. The people controlling the game are cheating. Our leaders are cheating. The people who own our leaders are cheating. And they are literally leading us to our deaths. My son, my son is six months old. I don't see a future for him. You know, I don't see him growing old. Like, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be growing old. So, in that, that, that's the situation we're in. My, I don't even know if my son will have a proper future. And it's because of certain people who we have placed our trust in. So, when these cheaters are cheating, we can't leave the planet. So, what are we supposed to do? The right thing to do, if we're going to follow the Monopoly example, is to, you know, flip over the table and take control of the game. But we can't do that because that's illegal. So what do you do? It's a real big fucking predicament. I mean, there's a reason why it's illegal, and that's because to, like, they want to keep the, the status quo. Change, change is hard. It is. Uh, especially because... Every existing system, like, this came out a bit when we talked about Afghanistan. Every existing system lives on the fact that it's considered the status quo, the best one, and that it's ingrained in such a way that most people that at least doesn't have too much time on their hands to think about it, really don't see the society they live in working any other way. And I think that's the problem, that going to come out a lot of people to vote for Norway within yeah, next, next few month. weeks. And uh, some of them are going to believe that climate change, I mean, eh, whatever. Some of it's going to believe that it's the most important fucking issue. But not very many of any of those people are going to think about that things could be differently. Things could be another way or that we cannot wait to make the people on top make up their mind it's just like we're gonna do the election thing we're gonna vote and um, hopefully they will do better and if not we're gonna vote in four years and hopefully they'll do better and if not yeah we're that's still here. and that's the you or know maybe the, not the revolving door we call our political system and the insane thing to me is that all, all our fellow norwegians who are going to be coming out to vote in a month's time if you ask them What's worse between, you know, uh, allowing leaders who fail us to keep failing us and leading us to our demise? What's worse between that and, you know, uh, overthrowing or even killing these same leaders and the people responsible for our misery? What's worse? What's, what's the craziest thing of those two? Uh, most people, I think, would say the latter you know, the most extreme measure, which is taking away the power from these people. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the classical quote is that it's easier seeing the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Yeah. And it's not because, like, capitalism couldn't end. It's just that it's so ingrained in our way of life. And, like, people who lived under kings and queens, and, I mean, we technically still live under a king and queen, but, yeah, you know, not have... in a feudal way. But, like... They couldn't imagine a world where they could go out and vote or like... We're going to decide? Start up their own businesses or... But what does God and Jesus think of this? The, the 
king couldn't like casually rape your daughter if he felt like that was the world that was the rules like things are hard to change it's why you can't you know march into afghanistan says here's freedom do your things and then everything's changed and the big problem here is that there are interest groups and the interest groups tends to come from the people who has an interest in them there are a lot of powerful people who have an interest in oil not because they love oil but it makes them money and the way our capitalistic system works means if they get more money they get rewarded and we also live in a society which says the more money we make the better you are as a human being Mm. however earth pretty important and even though Earth is needed for business, since it's, you know, where we all are and where all the customers live, but the problem is Earth is communal property. There's no business that has an, I mean, they all should have an vested interest, but but there's, there's no like, you know, million dollar dark money, super packs who will show up like talking about how we need to take care of the Earth. No, that's the problem. And yeah, so it seems like we're programmed to, you know, just watch ourselves slowly roll into our collective demise as a species. And there's no viable way to change it. Because if you go to the extremes necessary to change it, then you're a criminal and terrorist. And yeah, it's just a big mindfuck to me because... Uh, yeah, because I don't know about you, but I don't believe murder is right. I don't I don't enjoy the thought of murder. I don't think that's something uh, anyone should be going for. End of the world seems kind of genocidal to me, so yeah, like... But, yeah, because that's the thing. And, and you know, t- take... Uh, if a person goes into, goes into a building and blows it up and kills 200 people, we call that person a murderer and a terrorist. But if a person invests in a company that poisons the water wells so you get AIDS and whatever else you can imagine and thousands die that's business yeah and that is because even though I said that you know a king can't go around raping random people anymore kinda can it's just a bit different but if you sit on top the chances of consequences really happening to you Besides the one on the bottom, there's kind of a big difference there still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, very recently, I think in the last few months or so, the uh, Sackler family. The have you heard of them? I heard a name, but I don't remember what yeah, they did recently. They're the uh, the the family that owns um, oh uh, Purdue, the company that uh, produces OxyContin. Uh, you know, th- I'm sure they're know, really nice people, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, the company responsible for the fucking op- uh, opiate uh, epidemic going on in America. I mean, it's a good business move, though. Finding out a way to legalize drugs when the war on drugs is going on. Mm. Yeah, but that family, they've... Uh, I mean, they're responsible for the o- opiate epidemic. They've ruined millions of lives, and they've made billions of dollars. Uh, they just recently, I think, uh, made a... Uh, oh, what's it called? Well, they reached an agreement with the state that they would pay a fine of say, something like $3 billion. I'm sure they're really sorry. I mean, 
they have a fortune of 11 or 12 billion dollars and they're going to be making a lot more of this money back uh, john oliver has an episode about it if you want to check it out but a fine also known as the cost of doing business in the business world yeah it's not even a spec for them three billion dollars they're more afraid of taxes yeah and but part of the deal they uh, you know they carved out is that yes uh, purdue the company will take some responsibility for you know turning half half of america into junkies uh, but Destroying the sackler the sackler family will take no responsibility that's part of the agreement that the sackler family will not be you know because they have only one responsibility to their shareholders yes so and yeah so these people are going to be escaping justice and again <laughs> if a let, let's say, let's say I hired you, I pay you to bomb a building full of people I don't like. Full of people, and you kill 200 people. Hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically, I pay you to do that. And uh, once you've done it, you get punished, I go free. Is that fair? Sounds like how military tends to work these well, days, but yes, yeah, no, it's not. That's basically how America does its uh, sh I mean, mercenary it's, shit. And it's also always been you know a normal way of like you know having scapegoats goats lower down and then things doesn't go too well the people on top can just you know go back and hide and go around and then do another thing and i mean this is kind of a weird thing because in almost every one of these situations the people who first know how bad the shit they're doing or not they're doing but you know the consequences of the things that are happening mm. are the one doing it like i don't know who found out that oxycontin is really addictive and can fuck you up but i would assume that they did some research and then they didn't show it the people who first realized you know the, the amount of pollution that they're creating and what they could happen to you know the earth was the petroleum industry the people who first found out that smoking might kill you were the ones selling the cigarettes. I mean, and then they're allowed to, you know, run fast and loose with the truth. And then they do the thing where they're like, ah, I guess technically this isn't too good, but like every individual should have the choice to choose themselves. Mm. And then they go to the step where they're like, run out their spin doctors and make everybody question what is right, what is wrong. Can we really even do anything about this? Or it's probably even too late. And, um, I mean, sure, it sucks when we're smoking and it's too late, but this cigarette is going to kill the entire fucking world. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just, it becomes a very difficult ethical, moral, and practical question to deal with. Because, like I said, murder isn't something I condone. But I'm also a big proponent of self-defense. And you could make you could easily make a case for self-defense when it comes to removing these people, not necessarily by murder, but you know removing them from power. But then you need people able to step up and take responsibility once these these assholes are gone, and it's just a big mess. Yeah, I mean we already seen things in like you know sure Biden does a good job talking about the importance of the environment. But uh, he's still going through with the old pipelines. Yeah. Ugh, motherfucker. I mean, it's not like I expected him not to. 
but it shows that we need a lot more pressure. We can't just, you know, not have the orange man being there and then expect things to change. Like, change is not going to happen unless they're forced to. Mm. Like, like we said in one of the earlier episodes, unions weren't really made for, you know, creating better wages and work conditions for workers. I mean, they were. But the main reason they were allowed to stuck around was because the owners preferred that to being lynched and knifed and left dead in the streets. And it's kind of the same thing here. They need to be put some pressure upon them so they realize that the consequence of ignoring this is actually worse than their grandchildren not growing up. Yeah, because I feel guilty, you know, even bringing up the concept of using violence to force change on, on these people. But, like you just brought up, historically, every major positive change made in our society has happened at the edge of a blade. Like, yeah, I mean, the ownership class... It's not like the American Revolution is known as the Peaceful Revolution. Yeah, like, like, just look at every revolution that has benefited society, and the, the ones that haven't. But every revolution that's happened has happened where... it's It's been a situation where people have said, this needs to change or we're gonna riot. And the people in power now, they don't seem to fear that outcome, outcome at all. And when they are so complacent... That, I mean, America is always the best example, in my opinion, because the politicians there, they have just gone full mask off. I mean, <laughs> pun intended. But they aren't even really trying to hide how disdainful they are of the people they're supposed to govern. And if we allow the people in power to, you know, feel that secure, I think that's... I. I Again, I feel guilty even bringing it up because it feels wrong to, you know, advocate violent change. Yeah, and I would I would argue that it's not even about the violence because course, change has happened before part. without the violence. Like, you know, Gandhi did his thing. You know, Martin Luther in America made, you know, big changes. Even like, uh, sure, it had a violent end, but like, even though, you know, these people preached non-violence going around the fact that they grew such a following made those in power realize that if we fuck these people too much over and all of these people supporting them get angry and get guns we might be really fucked as well yeah uh, let me say this before we finish uh i don't think violence is the only way to you know uh force through the change we want uh, I think a general strike where people just refuse to go to work, refuse to produce the uh, the products that are uh, building the wealth of the ownership class. I think that's one way to go. I just think that it will be met with violence by the power holders. Yeah. So I think violence is an inevitable outcome in that situation. But, yeah... Uh, yeah, this got dark, but... I mean, I think it comes down to the fact that, as we talked about, so many people are used to business as usual. Let's, you know, just go above things. And, I mean, your kid is young, but at some point you're going to get to the point where, like, sometimes he's going to ask for things, and you're going to say no, and he's going to be like, whatever. And other times he's going to ask for things, and you're going to realize, oh, fuck, 
he's willing to die on this hill. Mm. Maybe I'll have to consider this a bit more. And it's kind of the same thing that, like, it's not about being informed or, you know, all of these things. But if the people truly care about change, if they're, you know, essentially saying that I'm willing to sacrifice things for this, I'm not forgetting this, I'm not gonna lie over on this, this is where I take a stand, reactions are kind of different if compared to when you can go, like, eh, let's talk about this a bit later and then things die down and then we forget and then we move on. Mm. Like, there's a reason why, and I mean, I'm not necessarily here meaning the violence, but that when Floyd died, it's not like there haven't been a couple of riots and demonstrations and talk about police brutality and violence and racism before. And even though it sadly ended in the way that, you know, people stopped pushing it as hard, the fact when people were like, no, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to protest today. We're going to protest tomorrow. We're going to keep on going. You could notice how people treated it differently, how they felt differently, and yeah, how that's like. True. And and you need to go to that point. Yeah, uh, oh, I, I I'm trying to remember. Someone described. Um, someone was described protesting uh, as uh, being part of a choir, because. In a choir, everyone, not everyone is singing at the same time. Uh, everyone, yeah, every person isn't singing all the time. You switch out people, you know, to keep, keep the music going. And protesting should be done the same way. Like, when, you, when you've done your part and uh, need to go home and feed your family or, or whatever, someone else needs to step up. It needs to be a team effort where... It can't just be, okay, I'm going to go out protest, you're going to go out protest, and we're going to just see how long we manage to stay out there. It needs to be organized, and we need to view it as... Um, oh, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, relay As a relay race. You know, etappe. Stafettlöp in Norwegian. You need to, you know, pass the baton and let people relax, because... The kind of protests where... People need to sleep, people need to eat. Yeah, and people need to just cool down. And yeah, if you're... If you're just look at Hong Kong. Uh, the people protesting there, I think it's quieted down a bit. But you can't keep that going for too long without burning out. And that's why we need to use our numbers to achieve our goals. Yeah, and I think the other part is you need to hit where it hurts. And I mean that not in a like violent sense, but in... If all of the people who protested, you know, after the death of Floyd, and I mean, let's be honest, the protest went on and several other people were killed in similar ways. So it was, you know, there's a reason why we not only talk about him, but if all those people also had went, and I'm, this is really hard, especially in America, but also other places. And that's why, you know, people need to organize and labor rights are goddamn important. But if all those people went... I'm not showing up to work until the laws are changed. Shit would happen. Yeah, if enough people did that, shit would change. And, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Yes. We need to stop going to work for the environment. I think that's the... <laughs> yeah, I, there's a solution there. But uh, if we're going to end the end of the world, yeah, we need to organize. Okay. Let's finish there. Yes. Bye.